we listen to we listen to my dad's music because my mother doesn't like music. So we listen to big band, swing, Frank Sinatra, Bing, Louis, Ella, that sort of stuff. And also on the periphery was my sister's uh, 70s top 40 music. So I had that sort of a, a little bit of this, I don't know, 70s glam rock and um, and Captain and Janelle. Uh, and then my dad's my dad's music. So yeah, that was me. That's what I grew up with. Yeah, so um, so I grew up, I grew up uh, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, and um, you know, my my family. Uh, there was an easy listening station called 4KQ, so we would always have that on in the car, and it was basically, back, back then it was uh, 70, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s. Now, these days in the 2000s, it's like all the way up to the early 2000s yeah. you know, is, is considered easy listening now. Um, so I, I, that's how I got my love of things like the Beatles and David Bowie. Um, my mum was obsessed with Elvis. There, there were always Elvis pictures up on the wall. Um, she loved the, watching his movies. We'd always get my mum something Elvis-related for Christmas uh, or birthdays, that sort of, sort of occasions. Uh, and my dad was, was big into Suzy Q. Uh, and he, for some reason, is quite strange. He was into Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so I spent my childhood hating Rocky Horror Picture Show because my dad loved it. Um, and then it wasn't until I got into high school and I met my friends and they were into Rocky Horror Picture Show. They were like, oh, I, I allowed myself to go, oh, actually, actually, this is pretty good. And then and then I got into Rocky Horror Picture Show. But it was because my dad was into it, basically. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't think so. Probably the, the closest affinity I had to the music of my, my dad was he was into Queen. And I, you know, you can't deny that Queen is an amazing band. Oh. So, okay, we both like Queen then. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we're also kind of doing a Next Stop Everywhere episode today uh, because I have two Doctor Who podcasters joining me, and in a very timey-wimey way, I believe it is your Sunday morning as we're just speaking. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're in the future here. Yes, you guys are in the future. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes, Jesse, and it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. sorted overnight. No, COVID. When I last night. (laughs) Everyone is vaccinated now. There is just everything's back to normal. Oh, that's that's good to hear. That's that's wonderful. (laughs) It's fantastic. I mean, you can know you. You'd be, you wouldn't know how surprised we were when we woke up. It was all gone, and they were handing out ice creams for everyone. It's just heaven. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So I have Adam and Nick joining me. Um, we, uh, we connected via there is multiple Facebook uh, groups out there about uh, find a guest, be a guest. And I am always active on that looking because I love talking to other podcasters. 
and, and I love hearing and hearing what other people are passionate about. And since my other podcast is a Doctor Who podcast, it seemed like a perfect fit. So, uh, Adam, Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Um, let's start out with. Thank you for inviting us. Hey, I, I'm thrilled. Let's start with you. Maybe you guys do this together, maybe separately, but give me your elevator pitch. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and then I'm going to have you talk about the podcast. Start. Yeah, sure. Uh, D4WH is our Doctor Who podcast, and basically we uh, we look at uh, episodes of Doctor Who, and, and we both we both connected over our love of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we just uh, we're both comedians as well, and, and uh, both into comedy, so we we take a very uh, funny look at, at Doctor Who episodes. So um, we both love Doctor Who, but we also know that uh, you know it, it, some especially some of the classic episodes where it looks like they've taken everything out of the BBC closet <laughs> and, and chucked it in. You know, uh, so we, we like to we like to laugh at uh, at Doctor Who as well. So. That's good. Yes. Although I I grew up on Doctor Who, classic Who. Mm. So, you know, when everyone says, oh, and the sets wobbled, I didn't notice as a kid. Mm. I do now, but I didn't then, I would have to say. But yeah, so sometimes Adam will laugh at something and I'll go, you know, that was a great episode, damn you. Yeah, and I and I grew up on the new uh, Doctor Who since 2005. So my version of sets wobbling is bad <laughs> CGI from the early 2000s. Yes. Uh, well, uh, just to give you a little background, I'm, um, I discovered uh, Who through Torchwood. Um, ah. So um, I, I, there was a um, Firefly f- uh, fan podcast and someone, oh, yeah. wrote, and someone wrote in a letter saying that uh, Malcolm Reynolds in, in was the same character as Captain Jack. That they because uh-huh. Jack is, because Jack could never die, therefore mm-hmm. um, he had become Malcolm Reynolds in this new life, and they both had long coats, and they both had this, you know, <laughs> smart aleck uh, being. And so one of my best friends was a huge Doctor Who fan, and I said, "Hey, what's this? What's this Torchwood show? You know, and who's Captain Jack?" So he just lent me the first season of Torchwood. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I watched it and I really loved it. And so I went back to him and I said, you know, I really like Captain Jack. Can you what episodes of the doctor, you know, of Doctor Who does Jack guest on? Mm -hmm. And so he just handed me the first Eccleston's first season and says it's just easier to give you the whole season. Just just, (laughs) you know, because he you know, you aren't going to understand if you just pick up the few episodes. So I started watching it and, and really fell in love with it. And then, and so then moved on to, you know, Tenet and, um, and then I, you know, I saved up all the specials on the DVR, you know, so that I I could watch them in order. And so um, Matt Smith was the first, doctor where i was watching as they came out you know oh episode and then do you like matt smith he's my favorite yeah tenet is my doctor and i was going to ask you guys who's your doctor tenet is my favorite doctor though i loved uh, matt smith and then um my buddy um about six years ago uh, the guy who runs our network reached out to me and i was doing a um I was doing a castle podcast at the time with Nathan Mm. Fillion because 
I'm a big Nathan Fillion and Firefly fan. And I was also doing a Farscape podcast where I had never Ah. seen Farscape. So I was watching Farscape as a newbie and joining a couple of people that were vets. And that's the Australian one, isn't it? Yes, it is. And so So I used, I did some work recently, just uh, some actual consulting work with the girl who played the villain, uh, Rebecca Rigg. Oh, oh, and she is. She's so lovely. Um, And then she told me, and I I didn't recognise it because of the makeup and stuff, so I went back and re-watched it. And and, uh, she was just saying she can't believe that people still love it. Oh, they do. amazing. So my buddy, so Rob said we we have a kids um, where he and his wife and his daughter did Hmm. Cuckoo for Who. So they did an episode of every new, new Doctor Who episode. He says, but we want a more adult themed, not as an RRX rated, but, you know, a, a grown up perspective. He said, would you be willing to do the Doctor Who podcast? And so I reached out to another friend of mine, Charles Skaggs, who had been a, a Doctor Who fan for years and had always been saying, Jesse, you need to watch this show. Jesse, you need to watch this show. Jesse, you need to watch this show. And so I said, hey, Charles, do you want to do a Doctor Who podcast with me? And he said, yes. Now, how do we do a podcast? And I said, it's easy. Go buy a headset, uh, <laughs> down, download Skype, and we'll figure out the rest. Um, mm. And so that's, you know, been seven years later. And what we do wow. is we, um, anytime it's new, we cover every new episode, you know, as it comes out. And then mm. Charles, uh, when it's off season, picks he has a list of all the classic who's and all the new who's because we didn't really start till um you know like the capaldi era was when we first started recording and so we go back and so we go back and forth between old classic who or modern who and we we talk about a new episode um so i i do know exactly what you guys are talking about that at times um classic who could be interesting and, and, <laughs> and, and you know um and there is a drinking game that um if we watch a classic who i am going to bring up pacing because at times yeah. there are and in fact mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you're gonna have me guest star on y'all's podcast yes. uh, and 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 i will bring up pacing when we talk mm-hmm. about you know the pyramids of mars uh, yeah, and that's Adams too. Because yeah. how much fill up do they need? Yeah, my 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 two things are padding and uh, dodgy cliffhangers where they've kind of had to shoehorn a cliffhanger in because it's the end of the episode and they need right. something exciting to bring you back. Mm. And then the next episode is like, oh, don't worry about that cliffhanger; it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will definitely talk more about that. Um, yeah. All right, so um, let's let's move. On. Well, before before we get to that, I do need to know. Um, what are y'all speculation about the new showrunner and like a new doctor? Give me mm. your thoughts and we'll start with you, Nick. I mean, what are you hoping for? Uh, I'm probably hoping for somebody a bit more uh, goofy, um, okay. although not, not that Jodie's not, but a bit more Matt Smith goofy or Tom okay. Baker. They're my, they're my two doctors. But I'm also looking, keep the comedy in it or keep the irreverent stuff but a bit more of the horror that I, I loved when I was watching Tom Baker uh, as, a, as a kid. I loved the horror of, um, 
you know, a pyramid of Mars, just, just a little bit more of that would be nice. But just don't, don't give us something that's, you know, 40 minutes of setup and five minutes of finishing it. So and maybe a bit more hard science fiction, just for a change. Yeah. Do you have a preference on the new doctor? Are you wanting male, female, or are you concerned about age, race, or anything at all? Do you have any thoughts? No, no, nothing on that. I don't think, uh, I think I love Peter Capaldi, but I think he was a bit, he looked a bit too old for the role. Uh, I think you you need someone a bit younger to keep the kids in. Uh, male, female doesn't bother me. I will say before Jodie was uh, made the doctor, I was nervous about a female doctor because I'd been watching Doctor Who since I was about five years old and it was always a man in my mind. Mm. But the minute they announced it, I went, oh, yeah, no, that'll be fine. And I've really liked her. I think she's been let down by some stories, but I really like her and I will be sad to see her go. So male, female, just and not someone really well-known because I think it takes away from Mm. Yeah, and I do think that's important for the doctor should be not necessarily someone so that they can grow into the role. Um, Adam, how about you? Thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any preference for whoever plays the doctor. But like, like uh, Nakia said, I, I prefer someone who's not uh, well known. Although, having said that, Peter Capaldi had a you know whole career before playing the doctor, and he was fantastic. Um, but the thing I would really like is um, I think it'd be good if they, they got a female showrunner in because, I mean, the show has been on for almost 60 years and it's interesting that it's just, it's always been, uh, uh, if you talk about the role of showrunner, uh, if you talk about the role of producer, obviously the first producer was, was, a, was a woman, uh, Verity Lambert. Um, but uh, I think a female showrunner also shows that, that you know, because uh, Doctor Who has quite a, quite a big ma- uh, female uh, fan base as well. So it'd be good to, to showcase that. And, uh, and just see what they, they bring to the to the show. Um, yeah, I don't have any real preference uh, as to the the stories. So I'm, I'm kind of, of of the opinion I just go with with whatever they come up with. And uh, you know, mm. yeah, if, if I if I don't like what's going on, I'll just wait for next week. Uh, you know, uh, someone once said that the TARDIS is is uh, less a time machine and more of a genre machine, yeah. where basically every single episode could be you know one one week it's horror, next week it's sci-fi, next week it's human drama, then it's a romance, you know. So, you know, that's the good thing is you can have different styles and different stories within the same season. So, Yeah, um, I find with Doctor Who, even if I hate three episodes in a row, mm -hmm. I would never go, well, that's it, I'm never watching it again. It will always be a part of my life because we had a love affair from a very young age. So, but, yeah, a female showrunner would be interesting because that would change the tone of the story, I think. I, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon a good choice would be Joy Wilkinson. She wrote Ooh, yeah. uh, *The Witchfinders*, which was one of my favorite episodes from series eleven. Uh, she's written some short stories and and novels for the series, so she, you know, we know that she's into the show. I think she might be a bit busy. I think she's she's doing quite a few different things, but I, I think she would be she would be really good. Uh, you know, that's that's the person who comes to the top of my head. I'll ring the BBC. Let them know. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I am a huge. Um, Babylon 5 fan and so oh, yes. when I saw on Twitter that J. Michael Stravinsky had kind of thrown his hat into the ring and even mm-hmm. though you know immediately fans said well you're not British 
and he said, I, I'm, I would not have put my hat in this ring if I had not been ready to go through the gauntlet. Um, I think it's a very, very long shot that BBC will hire someone like J. Michael Stravinsky, though my personal wish is they would, because one, I think he's shown he knows how to write a story, not only Babylon 5, but yeah. since 8, Jeremiah, you know, um, mm. he has written, you know, his comic books and his novels have been great. Um, mm. He also has shown that he can bring a show in budget. He can do that. Um, I think also... Is he a fan, Jesse? He is a major uh, fan. And, he's and, I, and I also think that he would bring the same way Jody brought in a new audience, I think JMS would bring in an audience because they're like uh, one of the guys who was part of our network, uh, Phil Parrish had said, he's never watched Dr. Who, but if J Michael mm-hmm. Stravinsky was the showrunner, he would turn it on to see because of him. So I think you mm-hmm. would get, uh, you would get a, an influx of new uh, listeners or viewers. I think that's good. Uh, um, I, would... I, I think so. He might. He might. Jesse get a bit sick of the BBC and their tight-fisted ways. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and he worked with Warner Brothers, and when Crusade was on TNT, you know, he fought mm. that battle. So I think he's aware of that. Mm. Um, I agree with you. I, I would. I, I. I want a good actor to be the Doctor. Yeah. I, mm. I. I. I would not mind if it was a person of color. Um, either yeah. male or female, yeah. I think that would be an interesting choice. Just, um, I, I, I would worry if you go back to another white guy, just that yeah. there would be too much of, oh, we'll see a female doctor. If, if they're not a white guy, they don't work. So that's the other thing. But mm. I, tr- but I, I agree. I'm going to be you guys, whoever is the doctor, I'm going to follow along. Um, I really love yeah. I think he really brought some interesting things to the row and, and I have loved Jody. I do think that some of the, I agree with you, some of the storylines have not served her well, but mm-hmm. when we look at like the Rosa Park episode is as good as anything. Oh, yeah. You know, I, oh, it's totally. amazing. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that would be really interesting. Um, she does have a little bit of that and i also Ooh. i get very angry you know the way fans get angry when i hear someone mm-hmm. well i just don't see her and i'm like are you not looking at her performance I mean, you can see, you can see a little bit of Matt Smith. You can see a little bit of Tom Baker. You can see that she's not copying previous doctors, but she is doing that. You can see them through her the same way that Matt Smith loved Patrick Trotton and did a lot of, you know, you can tell, can't you? Yeah, you can. Um, You, You know, and I think, Jesse, that there are some people who just, it will probably take a decade or longer to have a few more females to finally go. Oh yeah, okay. I think it's yeah. just that she's a girl. That's it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also, but I also think you know, with the show that's been on for almost sixty years, it has this unique opportunity to reinvent itself every you know yes. four or five years. And and Chris Jubinal, you know, uh, 
not not always the greatest writer. You know, we'll we'll say that. You know, but but who is basically? Uh, you know, even even Matt Smith, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Stephen Moffat and uh, and Russell T Davies had their off days. Exactly. Um, but you know, he was trying to do something different with the show, get new viewers into a show that's been around for sixty years. Because you Absolutely. can't you can't keep relying on people who've been watching it since the seventies. Because mm-hmm. you know, eventually you know, you need to try something different, get younger uh, people in. So, I, you know, I think it's, I, I think he's done, he's done pretty well with, with what he's. What yeah. He's I, you know, when we were playing Doctor Who when I was in primary school, I, it just never occurred to me that I could be the doctor. I always had to be the assistant. I yeah. would love it now at that age. I would be the doctor and they yeah. would be my assistants. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that they, you can't oversell the importance of that, that there are. I don't are, think you can. Yeah, that there are young women out there that have that empowerment of like, I can be mm. the doctor now. Um, mm. I, so, I felt empowered as an old woman. Absolutely. <laughs> Adam, you didn't, uh, who's your doctor? Oh, my doctor is Tennant. Yeah, it, so I, I started watching, basically, I was dating a, a girl um, who was into Doctor Who uh, around 2005. So I got in at the tail end of Eccleston. Um, but I always, I always considered David Tennant as the doctor who got me into Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, I just loved, uh, you know, there was that initial, uh, it was quite interesting because I wasn't even a ho- real Whovian, but that first Tenet episode, I was like, no, I don't know, you know, this is the other guy. Uh, and then within a few episodes, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally on board. And, and it's because of Tenet that I, you know, such a huge fan still watching today and doing a podcast about it. So, yeah, I, I consider Tenet my, uh, my fan. Uh, you know, they the say as a Doctor Who fan, your whole life really yeah. is is spent worrying that the one you like is going to leave and the next one's going to ruin it and that's what you do you worry all the time well <laughs> and, and then you and then you get to love that doctor and then you worry when the next doctor comes oh yeah, no they're, they're gonna not going to be the same as the last doctor yeah. and it's that cycle basically well neil gaiman talked about that right like it's you know he yeah. said that oh my gosh you know like oh this is horrible this is the worst person ever yeah. i can't believe that's yeah. who they pick and then you go to oh well maybe they're okay to oh my goodness mm. how could i have been so foolish this is the perfect yes. doctor and yes. then you go through that cycle again with each time uh i had that with capaldi i it took me probably um mummy on the orient express to really like him yeah um and i often say that the the one where Clara slapped him, yeah. I, I was so glad I wanted to slap him myself. Yeah. And yet David Tennant straight away and Matt Smith's first episode, I was hooked. Yeah, I remember him. watching Deep Breath in, in the cinema. We had it had in the cinema here. And, um, you know, up until the point where he abandons Clara and I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? The show is ruined. It's crazy. And then he comes back for her and I had, like, tears in my eyes. I was like, yes, this is Doctor Who, baby. <laughs> No one gets left behind. Well, and, you know, I um, I had a friend who could not stand Capaldi. Oh, he's the old man. He's the mm-hmm. old man, the old man. And then she watched The Husbands of River Song. And mm-hmm. she said, oh, my goodness. She goes, I think only yeah. Capaldi, his, his, his maturity and his stage mm. presence with Alex Kingston and that end where mm. you, Wonderful. yeah, just he, she says, okay, the old man now has me. 
She goes, I now I get that. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to wrap up our Doctor Who segment, but I got to hear companions, favorite companions. And we'll start uh, with mine's, you. Mine's easy. Mine's always and always has been, always will be Sarah Jane Smith. Yes. I, she's still my favorite companion because she was my first companion. So, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a soft, soft, soft spot for Rose. She was, you know, the first companion I, I had re-watching the episodes, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, Rose, uh, but also um, uh, River Song. I love River Song. Oh, me too. I would have her in at least once per episode, once per season if I could. Yes. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so, yeah. Yeah, in New Who, quite controversially, Martha, I loved Martha, oh, but yeah. I didn't like the way that they wrote her as being in love. But I liked Clara, and I know a lot of people didn't yeah. like Clara, but I thought she was a perfect foil for Capaldi's Doctor, and mm. I loved her. In some yeah. ways, I like Clara better than Amy, and I know that's a controversial Ooh, Sure. Yeah. You know, I what about loved, you? I loved Amy and Rory together, but by far Martha, I will tell you, David Tennant and Martha, you know, my yeah. favorite combination, mm. because I felt like despite Martha's love of the Doctor, uh, you know, she she was a medical doctor. She seemed to be independent. And, mm-hmm. you know, from me watching Rose as my mm-hmm. first companion to see Martha seem to be a little more independent and more like self-sufficient. And she was bringing something to the table. So I really love that. I always think of and, and absolutely anytime I watch a classic episode with uh sarah jane i i i fall all in love with her again and i realize yeah. why she is beloved and i always think of and to get us over to bruce right um uh, the song bobby yeah. jean from born in the usa yeah. the lyric is well maybe you'll be out there on the road somewhere in some bus or train traveling along in some motel room there'll be a radio playing and you'll hear me sing this song. Well, if you do, you know I'm thinking of you and all the miles in between. And I'm just calling one more time not to change your mind, but to say I miss you, baby. Good luck. Goodbye. And I always say, oh, instead of Bobby you Jane. You know, yeah. So I always think of that, uh, you know, good luck. Goodbye, Sarah Jane. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, this is this is great. Um, for those of you who were tuning in for the Doctor Who segment, this is it. We're now switching over. We're going to take our hats off Doctor Who and put our music hats. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always like to start at the beginning. So Nick, start with you. What kind of music did you listen to in your family growing up? So I had to, these were good questions because it really made me sit down and think. Yeah. Um, we listen to we listen to my dad's music because my mother doesn't like music. So we listen to big band, swing, Frank Sinatra, Bing, Louie, Ella, that sort of stuff. And also on the periphery was my sister's uh, 70s top 40 music. So I had that sort of a, a little bit of this, I don't know, 70s glam rock and, um, yeah, a bit of sherbet in the background. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and, and Captain and Janelle, uh, and then my dad's my dad's music. So yeah, that was me. That's what I grew up with. How about you, Adam? Yeah, so um, so I grew up I grew up uh, you know in the late eighties, early nineties, and um, you know my my family uh, there was a, a easy listening station called Four KQ. So we would always have that on in the car, and it was basically 
back, back then it was uh, 70, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s. Now, these days in the 2000s, it's like all the way up to the early 2000s yeah. you know, is, is considered easy listening now. Um, so I, I, that's how I got my love of things like the Beatles and David Bowie. Um, my mum was obsessed with Elvis. There, there were always Elvis pictures up on the wall. Um, she loved the, watching his movies. We'd always get my mum something Elvis-related for Christmas uh, or birthdays, that sort of, sort of occasions. Uh, and my dad was, was big into Suzy Q. So like ah, 70s. Oh, nice. Devil Gate Drive. Yeah, yeah, Devil, Devil Gate Drive. Um, uh, and he, for some reason, is quite strange. He was into Rocky Horror Picture Show. So oh, yeah. he, nice. he had that soundtrack. It was quite strange. So I spent my childhood hating Rocky Horror Picture Show because my dad loved it. Um, and then it wasn't until I got into high school that I met my friends and they were into Rocky Horror Picture Show. They were like, oh, I, I allowed myself to go, oh, actually, actually, this is pretty good. And then, and then I got into Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it was because my dad was into it, basically. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't think so. Probably the, the closest affinity I had to the music of my, my dad was he was into Queen, and I, you know, you can't deny that Queen is an amazing band. Oh, so absolutely. I decided to be like, oh, okay, we both like Queen then, you know. Mm. My sister took me to the drive-in to see Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah? I was still at boarding school, so probably <laughs> somewhere between grade, grade 10 and grade 11. And I remember we were driving home. She said, you didn't learn anything in that, did you? And I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> a bit of an education. I, I love Adam because I think all of us went through a spell where you kind of rebel against your parents' music. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then, you know, as you get past that, then you learn to re-embrace it. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, are there favorite musicians that you you guys live with today? Like, like Adam, if I mentioned, like, what are your top two or three bands that you love to listen to that are consistent companions in your life? Sure. Um, I mean, it, it current, current people or people that just have whichever ones, you. just whichever one yeah. you choose, dealer's choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Bowie, David Bowie is is the one that has, from the moment that I started liking David Bowie, realized that I like David Bowie, has always stayed within me. You know, I was I was devastated. I still remember the exact moment where I was when I I found out that David Bowie had passed. Um, and I, I was actually on a bus and had to stop myself from crying until I got home. It was, it was quite emotional because, you, you know, it's just, I don't know, that music just, just speaks to me so, so much. And I, you know, I, I find, uh, especially around that, that period of high school and, and early uh, uni, um, it was a lot of UK artists, so the Beatles, David Bowie. Uh, you know, I went through the 90s Britpop uh, era with, uh, with Oasis and Blur and, and Pulp and all that sort of thing. Currently. Yeah, it's quite interesting because currently my three top favourite bands that I listen to pretty much exclusively at the moment are all American, which is quite interesting because, I've, you know, I've had dabbles with American bands and that sort of thing. But, but at the moment, um, the, the main one is, a, is a, um, a metalcore band called Dance Gavin Dance. Okay. And, uh, and they have, they have this, this beautiful, like, melodic. It's like, it's like heavy metal music but also, like, orchestra music as well it's like playing a guitar like a violin basically it's very intricate uh intricate uh sounds and intricate chords and that sort of thing uh the one vocalist is quite high pitched the other one does like the dirty gritty uh you know screaming vocals and I, i quite like the juxtaposition between the two the two of them um but other other bands like uh coheed and cambria 
Uh, I got into their new stuff. They're a you know a prog rock band who um, who do uh, uh, concept albums. So it's all set within this sci-fi world, which I'm I'm super into. Uh, but those those would be my two main bands at the moment. Nikia, okay. uh, I'm so uncool. <laughs> uh, no. I just discovered actually a um, Jacob Dylan who I love his voice. Yeah. And he's he's doing some great duets. Uh, with uh, different singers on uh, great 60s songs like Mamas and Papas or The Association, stuff like that, doing a really good job. But I love his voice. Uh, but mine is, I'm less of a, oh, my God, this band is fabulous. Or, or this, and it's more, for me, it's the music and the lyric. And if they can catch me, you know, that's that's where I go. Like I would never say I'm the world's biggest Bruce Springsteen fan, say. But if you play... I'm on fire. I'm there. I'm just, I, he's got me. Um, so, you know, I couldn't say I listen to Eagles all day or Queen all day or Slade all day or Sweet, but there are just certain songs along the way. And I would guess that, I mean, even some U2 stuff, but I would guess that I probably, Michael Bublé a bit more because it reminds me of my dad uh, and I love, I love that music and I still listen to now more than ever, being Louis Ella Fitzgerald. I named my daughter after Ella Fitzgerald. So oh, I had lovely. That, that affinity for it. But, yeah, and, of course, you know, I grew up in the 80s, so yeah. there's a lot of shit in there. <laughs> but yeah, I do love star music still. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I, grew up in the, I grew up, you know, in the tail end of the 80s, and to me, I don't know, I just I don't like, I don't like a lot of stuff from the 80s. I like, I like stuff from the 70s, 60s. You know, nineties, obviously, some two thousands, but for me, the eighties is like this weird period. I do like a bit of the Cure. The Cure is pretty good. Yeah, well, I rediscovered yeah. ELO the other day. Oh, ELO! I forgot how much yeah. I loved ELO. Yeah. I, I love ELO, and I had, um, I had a a guy who does an ELO pad podcast on the show, um, yeah. a year or so ago, and um, and it was funny because I was telling him how much. In '77, I bought telephone line, that cassette. Oh, I love you know. that song. Yes, yeah. and um, <laughs> and I was telling him how much I love Rockaria, and he mm-hmm. said, "Do you know it's pronounced Rock Aria?" And I said, <laughs> "Get that out of here." <laughs> he said, "Yes." He said, "All my life, I've called it Rockaria as well." And he oh. said, and I started researching, and it is rock aria. I said, well, that makes perfect uh, sense because she's an mm-hmm. opera singer and everything, but he uh, never did. So, um, yeah, that's it. Um, well, yeah, you mentioned a little funny. bit. I'm on fire, which, by the way, I uh, I, I make a joke <laughs> that um, I will at least half the time, Nick, if you walk into a pub and there's a <laughs> singer songwriter there with his guitar and he's got a tip jar and if you throw you know uh three or four bucks in there or or, Mm. you know and say can you play a bruce springsteen song half the time it will be i'm on fire you know yeah and and i've heard other people's versions but bruce's voice is perfect for it yeah it is it just melts me i love it yeah Mm. little hey little girl is your daddy home can be a little creepy, creepy a little creepy now, but yes, yes, we need that. So, um, how about you, Adam? Any Springsteen thoughts? 
And if there is, yeah, no right it, was, it was interesting, you know, when, when, when uh, we organized this, I was trying to think of, uh, you know, what I knew about Bruce Springsteen, obviously being here in Australia, uh, as far as I know, I mean, obviously I wasn't too aware of music, uh, new music in the eighties. Uh, and, and as far as I know, that's, that's when Bruce was, was probably the most prolific. Yeah. About mid eighties, nearly everybody from uni went to the born in the USA tour. Sure. Um, and I was telling Adam, there's five of us who didn't go. We called it the Board in the USA tour. <laughs> because, because then when you discover his earlier stuff, I think it's better. But that's me. So, yeah. Sure. sure. And, and so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of, I know the, the hits, I know Board in the USA. You know, I, it's just quite interesting because I listened to the, the greatest hits and I, I heard Hungry Heart. Mm. And honestly, if you had played me that song, and asked who wrote, who sang, sings this, I would have said, oh, that's a Billy Joel song. Mm. It's, it's quite interesting how many songs Bruce Springsteen has done that I would, I, would, I would tell you without looking it up have been done by other people. And, you know, I kind of associated Bruce Springsteen with, like, big, heavy guitars and, and rock music and, and listening to some of his stuff, it's like, oh, there's a, there's a lot of piano in there as well. Yeah, you know, well, I, I remember discovering that Born to Run and The River with Bruce Springsteen and going, I've always liked those songs. So yes. I, I enjoyed finding his earlier stuff. I just, I didn't like the 80s stuff. I just didn't. Just yeah. Didn't. And, um, and the other the other thing is that I, I know is that uh, Courtney Cox was in one of the videos for uh, for Bruce yes. Springsteen. Yeah, yes, obviously, obviously I was big into Friends because that was Dancing that was, in the Dark. Okay. Yes. Dancing <laughs> in the Dark. Then. Yeah. yeah. So um, when he toured Australia in 2014, one of the things he did was he did a different he did a cover different cover of an Australian an Australian an Australian band's song on each city and like yeah um yeah he, i'm trying to remember because i remember reading about it and they said he did an amazing job but i can't remember yeah so uh mm. just like the fire did uh friday on my mind and then he did oh, a yeah. um a great version of staying alive um and oh, then oh. and then a couple weeks later um the uh you know um barry gibb was doing a live show and he did um i'm on fire as a tribute like he said i loved hearing bruce doing staying alive so we're going to try to do something to do him so yeah he um you know it's it's interesting just just mentioning the the bgs i'm i'm from a place called redcliffe here in queensland and that's where the bgs kind of grew up so in Redcliffe, there is like this, it's called the Bee Gees Way, basically. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, business hours, they, they're playing, they play Bee Gees music. There's like all these, po- you know, uh, plaques up and everything. There's like a bronze statue of when they were kids. And, and so that's kind of when you grow up in Redcliffe, that's, that's what you're told is like uh, the Bee Gees came from here. And, and obviously then they went to the, the UK and, and made it big, but they started in, Redcliffe and, and so can I tell you a funny story? I was talking Please, to yeah. a, a, gent, a gentleman who's older than me who grew up in Redcliffe and went to school with the Bee Gees. Ah. And Barry uh, Barry was here to open up some parts of BG Way, mm-hmm. and uh, and he said to me, "Oh, he said I'm at school with the Bee Gees," and I said, "Oh wow, you know what they like?" He said, "We hated them. We throw rocks at them." Oh, <laughs> I said, "Well, he's at Redcliffe Way. If you want to get a bag of rocks and head up there, but he said he wouldn't." But so it's amazing, isn't it, that that the poor kids were bullied? Yeah, and they're yeah. richer than any of the bloody kids who bullied. They are, yeah. but you know, teenagers are are terrible. You know, oh, shitty. I, I remember being a teenager. 
uh, myself and, and, and just starting uni in, in early 20s and oh, I would punch myself in the face so hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I so, just wouldn't hang out with myself. Yeah, he did Highway to Hell. Um, oh. He did uh, oh, yeah. He Don't Change from NXS. NX. Oh, um, he did cool. Spill the Wine from Eric Burden. Um, oh. Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. He did uh, Royals by, you know, from Lord. And then oh, yeah. uh, Friday on My Mind, Easy Beats, and Drinking Wine from Stick McGee. Mm. So, um, wow. so I'd love cool. to hear his Friday on My Mind. I'd yeah. And I'm sure if you Google it, you can tell. And then um, there is... Uh, yeah, so Even I, though I, I should say really Lord, Lord is actually in New Zealand, but anyway, it was when he was in New Zealand, absolutely was. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. To... No, no, I'm that's a good point. That's um, <laughs> that's like saying when he was in, got... when he was in Texas <laughs> in New Orleans, yeah. I would go, No, no, New Orleans is Louisiana, <laughs> absolutely fair enough. Although we, we do look, like to create playing crowded houses our own. And we they, claim crowded yeah, houses, we play Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we, we do it ourselves when they're famous enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> so um, what are what are other bands that you guys kind of love and, and enjoy hearing? You know, mm-hmm. are, are there, is there any, it sounds like you've, both of you have a lot of, like, are you guys Gang of Youths fans? I don't know them. <laughs> I've heard of them. I, okay. I, I, we, there's, a, there's a youth station here uh, called Triple J. I, I listen to that mainly in the yeah. car. It, but usually I've got um, I, I've got my uh, playlists on and, and I listen yeah. to, you know, one of three bands. So there's, there's Coheed, there's Dance Gavin Dance. There's another band called Ice Nine Kills that I just got into. Yeah. Uh, and they write songs based on horror movies, which is quite interesting. Oh, because that I'm does not sound really, interesting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really into horror movies, but I really like uh, I really like their music. And they've got a mix of, you know, clean vocals and dirty vocals uh, and quite melodic um, guitar sounds as well. So... Um, but they, they just did a song about uh, American Psycho, which I thought was really great. I, I love that movie. I love that book. So, um, I, I, but, and the, 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 the album they did before their last one where they did horror movies was horror, different books. So they did, uh, they did Dracula. They did uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. So, yeah, it's quite, quite interesting. Sorry. Frankenstein? No, they didn't do Frankenstein, no. They don't like women. That's why they didn't do it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> The, they reason, did the diary of Anne Frank. So uh, the reason I asked about gang abuse is I had a guy on the show that used to be a huge U2 fan and he oh, yeah. kind of, he and U2 broke up. He jokes about it just for some mm-hmm. reason, he kind of stopped liking their music and then he discovered gang of youth and just loved the band. And when they toured the U S they did similar, they did a cover song on every city they uh, visited that oh, from cool. that city. So, yeah. So yeah, I always he, think that's a nice way to, to fit yeah. into where you yeah. are, I think. Yeah. It was, I, I know that. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to oh, say, just, go ahead, go ahead, Nick. No, I'm stopping. Uh, the only story I was going to tell is uh, a couple of tours ago, a buddy and I went up to Kansas City 
Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas, you know, kind of all that area. And um, mm-hmm. Bruce started the show doing the song Kansas City, right? I'm in Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. And the crowd went wild. And my buddy and I were asking, like, you know, you would think they might, like, roll their eyes and said, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to hear this again. But mm-hmm. I, I guess, though, if um, if if someone opened up and were singing Yellow Rose of Texas, you know, or, you know, I would be like, yay, way to go. So, um, yeah, pretty funny. That's great. I, I think we're all parochial, aren't we? When it yeah, comes yeah, to our yeah. own little turf, we want everyone to love where we are. It's, yeah. it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't think there's many songs about Brisbane where, where we're based and, you know, uh, where, where bands come through. There's just, a few I've written, but you want to Sure. I, well, they're terrible. They're good, they, they just repeat the word Brisbane over and over again. Well, rhymes with it. We're just happy if the artist can say Brisbane, because if you look at how it's written down, it looks like Brisbane. Yes. This is a B-A-N-E, Bane, but it's it's Brisbane as in B-I-N. As in B-E-N. I say it's like the bin, you know, the rubbish bin. I find that with... um. I was watching this cartoon with the kids once and, and the guy sort of the thing is going, we're in Melbourne, yeah. Canberra, and I'm going, well, that's why they won't call in. You're not <laughs> saying the names properly. I love but that. But it's just quirks of where you live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any shows from the road, any concert stories you want to share, like where you've gone and seen people perform live, any events or things that mean uh, that you think would be interesting for the audience? I was really lucky when I was at uni, we would get every uh, Aussie band through. So I got to see Oz Crawl, I got to see Cold Chisel, I got to see the Angels, the Church, you know, um, I'm trying to think who else there was uh, going through. And that was fabulous because they were the Hoodoo Gurus, they were fabulous. But what I do remember is Oz Crawl came out and, or Australian Crawl, and I don't know, James Rain must have been 15 minutes into mumbling through one of his songs because you can never understand him. And somebody threw a full can of beer at him, nearly hit him in the head. Oh, no. Can I swear? I'll, 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 I'll beep it. Yeah, okay. he, he just stood there and he went, I hate you F and uni students. And they all left. <laughs> we saw 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And you too. I went and saw the Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, when they were doing that concert, I was so excited. And behind me sat three girls who screamed the entire concert <laughs> and just annoyed me. So, look, one of my most fun ones would have to be the BBC Doctor Who proms. Oh, yes. <laughs> because somebody went look behind you and I turned around and there's a Cyberman and someone goes, there's a Cyberman behind you. And I thought I'll never hear that again in my life. Yes. <laughs> And Buble, because for 99 bucks, I got, a, I got a full big band and nothing gets to go after it. Oh, I bet that was beautiful. Yeah. It was fabulous. And, of course, I used to go to the pubs to see the Cockroaches, who were my favourite, favourite band, who then became the Wiggles. So oh, right. there you go. <laughs> and you still love them, don't you? And I do still love Hot Potato, Hot Potato. <laughs> I love that. How about you, Adam? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, when I... Talking about uh, Britpop and, and English music, uh, one band that I, I loved for probably about a decade was Muse, uh, the English mm-hmm. band Muse. And I every time they came to Australia, I'd go and see them. So I still I still remember, you know, at the River Stage 
which is like this big open air stage basically where you, you kind of have to stand or to try and get a, a good but it's like a hilly sort of thing so you can kind of everyone can see uh and and one of the one of the concerts that they did uh you know matt bellamy had uh, this this uh, piano with the the lid and the lid lit up as he played the as he played the notes so it was it was this beautiful big show he like hadn't brought the, the latest album out which is apparently a big technical show you know for various reasons this it's interesting being in brisbane because uh, when big band, when big uh, bands from around the world come out to Australia, there's kind of a 50-50 chance they'll come to Brisbane. Some do, some don't. Uh, but we have we have a better chance of places like Perth or or uh, you know Hobart, which have basically like a 25% chance of you know they're basically they'll come to Sydney and Melbourne, and then they might come to a few different other places. So Brisbane, we're kind of a little bit lucky. Uh, and I, I saw I saw David Bowie when he was out here for his. Um, his last tour and it was oh. absolutely amazing he had he had three different costume changes throughout the show uh he sang um under pressure with his his guitarist um this the female guitarist who sounded exactly like freddie mercury it was it was just insane it was so oh, beautiful that sounds um, beautiful oh it was so good uh, so the australian band something for kate who i also love was mm. their support out act Thanks. so i just had like a wall-to-wall amazing yeah and and i would have to say and yeah. i know you love bowie and yeah. i love bowie yeah. too but there is a song that bowie needs to needed to apologize <laughs> which is for. dancing in the street with mick Jagger. they should both <laughs> oh, apologize no. for that shit come oh, on after so oh, many after so many hits you could give him you know one oh. like, really cheesy pop song oh it's awful anyway Anyway, I, 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 love, I love the film clip because it's like, oh, yeah, everyone was on a lot of drugs that day. You would have had to. <laughs> it was for a good cause, you know, for that. That's true. That, yes. And uh, it's a very fun. Uh, I know. Oh, uh, God, I hate it. I, I love that. All right. So <laughs> let's move. Uh, I. Who do you want to see that you haven't got to see perform live? Are there bands that you would still love to see, you know, that are out there touring? Like I, I regret I never went and saw Tom Petty and now I can't, you know, yeah. same thing. I didn't see Prince. I should have. So are there people mm. out there that you go, man, I should have done that. Or I need to see them while they're still here. Uh, I am. I would have loved to have seen Elton John, but oh, probably yeah. if I could go back in time, um, Elton John and the Rolling Stones. I would love to see the Stones. Maybe not as pensioners, but my God, I think it would have been a great, great concert. Um, but now, look, Paul Simon or Simon and Garfunkel. My husband got to see Simon and Garfunkel and Bob Marley and Bob Dylan, and I'm so jealous. Like, he made five bucks to see ACDC live in one of their first concerts in Toowoomba, a little tiny town. And then they went touring and a couple of girls from the school went missing. And then when ACDC came back, the girls came back. (laughs) (laughs) I always remember that. But I I wouldn't see ACDC, but I've really, there's so many that have passed on that I think, you know, I wish I'd seen them. Yeah, look, I, I would have, I would have loved to have seen the Beatles. That would have been absolutely amazing. Like later, later Beatles around Sgt. Yeah. Pepper oh, yeah. is, 
really, really good. But obviously, you know, that was never going to happen because John Lennon was gone before I was even born. Mm. So that definitely was was never going to happen. Uh, you were such a baby. Yes. Probably some of the Australian bands that I got into when I was in high school, you know, that I never got a chance to see. Uh, bands like Jebediah and and, uh, and the Super Jesus and Custard. Mm. Oh, Custard is a Brisbane band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously that's never going to happen because one of, one of their members has passed I'm on. so glad I got to see In Excess. Yeah. You know, because I, I could have missed out on that. But yeah. yeah some of, you know, some of them, you know, I know Jebediah and, and Custard have started to do a couple of shows here and there, but I'm also at the point where it's like, do I really want to go and, and stand there and, you know, be in the crowd? And, you know, it's, I've kind of got to the point where it's like I'm happy just to listen to the music at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, but in my earlier days when I was more into, like, going out to live music, uh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll go when it's like a big event, like, like uh, you know, I, I would really like to see Cody and Cambria because I've never seen them live. I got into them basically just before the pandemic hit. So they, they haven't been back to Australia yet. Uh, but, you know, I... I, I joining some of the Facebook groups about the, the band, it feels like it's a very uh, communal um, uh, family sort of vibe. So it would be good to go and see a big band like that, mm. uh, you know. Alice Cooper in his heyday. Yeah. Yes. I really would have loved to have seen him because in high school we weren't allowed to listen to Meatloaf or, or Bat Out of Hell or Alice Cooper. Yeah. So that's all we listened to. <laughs> so, so, Nick, uh, Adam, last year... Um, you know, September is the sixth anniversary. Uh, I, I, my first episode was in September 2015, a set listing Bruce. And so every September, you know, for the past two or three years, I do a celebration. And last year I had Charles, who's my Doctor Who co-host. And we, hey. we picked the five songs, we, the five concerts we would go back to if we had access to the TARDIS. Ooh. And that oh, was that good. that was a fun episode. And I said <laughs> that um, going to um, Germany at the Car- Car- Caravan Club, right, to hear, mm, you know, yes. you could you mm. could hear the Beatles in their rawness and before they're doing, mm. you know, right. Uh, yeah. Another one I picked is um, the Johnny Cash did a solo did a show. And afterwards, Rick Rubin went backstage and they talked about signing him to his record label and, and how they would do the American recordings. And I said, to see, you know, like that. And so um, we picked and like Elton John's at the Troubadour, right, where they, yeah. they talk about that in the movie. Like, how cool would it have been to be there? So that was a fun. And so as you're talking about to see Alice Cooper in his prime. Um, yeah. So, or Simon and Garfunkel live at Grand Time. Oh, yeah, Central, that would have been nice. Yeah. That would have been that amazing. Yeah. Um, Queen, to see Queen would be amazing to see. Yeah. Or, or just not, not, you know. not fat Ellen. Elvis, yes, <laughs> not yes. Fat Elvis, you know. But to see him, yeah. I would, I would love to see Fat Elvis. That would be an experience. <laughs> yes, I think. it would. Everybody who's seen Fat Elvis is like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Nick, I, I have a one of my good friends, Gary, uh, was on the podcast, and he was kind of similar to you. He was saying that at this point, he's he isn't that he'd gone to seen a lot of bands and he'd seen a lot of shows. And so he was kind of good, but it was more the experience. And so, Mm -hmm. um, 
KISS is coming to <coughs> Dallas area. And so there's about five of us, and I've never seen them live. You've got to go. I've never seen them In my high school, like in high school, I was a big Kiss fan. Like I, you know, Ooh. rock and roll all night. Boy, if you heard rock and roll all night on the radio on oh. a Friday or Saturday night before you were, while you were getting ready to go out, you knew it was going to be a good night. And so there's a bunch of us going, and Gary says, I'm more excited about going to dinner beforehand and all of us <laughs> going and getting seats and going, he says, I'm going to enjoy the show, but it's the experience of seeing it with a, a bunch of buddies, yeah. um, you know, and I think that's true. I think that's great. Um, and I think that's why the uni days were so good because yeah. yes. we were all there. It was just in the refectory. Mm-hmm. So there was no, you were all packed in sitting yeah. on people's shoulders. It was so laid back and relaxed and they were beautifully raw. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. It's so funny talking about Kiss because, uh, you know, when I when I was growing up, I heard, I was made for loving you, baby. Well, I always yes. heard that, oh, Kiss is, Kiss is this, like, you know, big band of, of the 70s and, like, nights in certain Satan service and oh, all yes, that sort of thing. Exactly. Like, the, sa- the, the satanic panic and all that sort of stuff. And you're like, wow, this must be crazy. And I remember actually hearing some of their songs and, and how a music has evolved and it's like, Really? That's what people were worried about, and it's yeah, like exactly. because music, because that me- that metal version had become much harder when mm. you know by the nineties. It, yeah. it was like easy listening when I when I heard the songs. Yeah. Obviously, when they were released, it was a big thing. Like, oh no, they're trying to corrupt yeah. our kids. I remember Dad telling me that was on the news. I was only a little kid. Yeah. And I was, Cooper was coming in trying to get into the country, and he's going, "He's a Satanist. That's what he is. He's a Satanist." <laughs> <laughs> What I loved is any time in high school where you got a cold, where all the sinuses were draining into your throat, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. wanted to sound like Peter Kiss. You, Chris, like, yeah. Beth, I hear you calling, and I can't come home right now. So, yeah, we just, we, we love that. Um, yeah. All right, wrapping it up. Uh, this has been so much fun. Any final thoughts before I hit you guys up with a Mary question? No, but what I will say, I do want to say, is that music was such a big part of my life because my dad liked to sing in the car and I'd sing with him. My mother doesn't like music. I did the same thing with my kids. So my son, who's, you know, late 20s, for a long time he had two playlists. He had the up-to-date music and then he had Beach Boys, uh, you know, Pet Sounds, a bit of Don McLean, a bit of Neil Diamond because we sang all of that in the car on the way. Plus my dad taught me this whole spate of like vaudeville ditties that I taught my kids as well. So so although I say like I'm not up-to-date with music now, I saw Cardi B whack because (laughs) you people told me to and I'm still getting over it. but there's, I'm still discovering music that's old that I had never heard. I just found the association. I've never heard of them. So, you know what's funny is uh, Chris used to call them the Beach Bags, um, and you know because I love the Beach Boys. Pet Sounds one of my favorite albums. Uh, you know, and he loved that. Me too. There, there is a local band here in just north of Dallas from Denton, Texas called Brave Combo, and they do mm. rock and roll polkas. 
and Chris would love going to that. And he would, when he was seven or eight, he'd go, you know, dad, mm. it's always a good time to polka. <laughs> and, so, uh, and, and so if you're, if you're, if you are a, um, an Adam and Nick fan and you're listening to this, uh, go Google Brave Combo Denton, Texas, and you will, Ooh. you will enjoy. They, they do some fun uh, songs. Um, That's great. Yeah, this is like great. like uh, like Weird Al. Weird Al does these his poker versions of uh, of rock songs. He just yeah. did uh, Hamilton. He took a few songs from the musical Hamilton and turned it into a. God, I thought he was dead. Is he still going? Yeah, no, he's still going, man. He just had he just had his first like first number one album. Oh God, I think the last song of his I saw was like a surgeon. Oh God, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. He's done Nirvana. real well since then. It yeah. was Nirvana singing with marbles in his Yeah, head. exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Weird Al is still rocking the house. All right. Um, so if you guys um, are listening to this and you are because you're huge Nick and Adam fans, thank you so much. Um, I end every episode with the Mary question. So let me give you a little background. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher from the Philadelphia area. He just recently retired, but um, he would every year his... Um, seniors in the honors English class, he would spend two days breaking apart the song Thunder Road. And they would look at all the lyrics. They would talk about the imagery that Bruce used in Thunder Road. They would talk about the themes of the song. They would compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, and um, would go over this. And then at the end of the two days, he asked his class, and that was their assignment, does Mary get in the car? So Adam, I'm going to start with you. Does yeah. Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Yeah, I was, I was listening to one of your previous episodes and uh, and they, the, the person that you asked. Were you cheating? Yeah, I was, I was cheating, basically. Yeah, I applaud that. Research, it's called um, research. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. And they, and they were saying that, you know, if you look at the lyrics, uh, then, then no, probably not, you know. Uh, but if you if you listen to the song and you get the emotion, and then then obviously since then I've listened to the song, you want Mary to get into that car, and I, you know, and you, Nikia calls it cheating, but I have to agree with that. I think if you look at the lyrics with everything that goes on between Mary and and you know the singer who obviously is Bruce, um, probably not. She probably doesn't get in the in the car. She probably you know lives her own life. But I listening to the song, feeling those emotions, you get swept up in it and you really, you, you want it to work out. You want it to be a happy ending. I know there are songs where, where things don't always work out, but I don't, I don't know, just the, just the rawness and, and maybe it's, it's Bruce's songwriting, maybe it's Bruce's uh, uh, voice, the emotion that he puts into it. But yeah, I, I really want Mary to get in that car and, and for those two crazy kids to work it out, you know? I love it. That's great. Hey, Nick, how about you? I, first of all, I'm good. I'm good. I love the lyrics. The lyrics are so. He's a poet. Oh, he really poet. is. And and talking about concerts, I would like to see uh, acoustic versions of Bruce Springsteen singing his songs. Would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Uh, but no, she does not get in the car, and she shouldn't get in the bloody car either. Because really early in the song, he says, you're not that beautiful, but you're all right. I'd be going, here's all. I'm not getting in your car. So for me, as a girl, that lyric, that was it. He could have said anything he liked up that I'm still fuming about me and said I'm not a beauty. But I, I, get, I get the feeling that he, even though he says that to, to Mary, he thinks about himself even worse than that. He's like, 
to me, and, and, and you know, it's, it's part of other songs, but to me there's, there's bits where it's like, um, I don't know what you're doing with me, you know, like you, you're, you're, you're all right looking, but me, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm a terrible, like he understands that he's, he's kind of a bad person. In, in my, in my imagining, mm. Mary's thinking the same thing. What am I doing with him? Sure. You know, alarm bells are going off. Yeah. And now he wants to take me and he's probably just going to do me in the backseat and I'm going to have a terrible time. No, I like the idea that they're going to drive down that road, you know, holding hands. To gonna, where? I don't know. It, I mean, life is going to shit all over them, basically. Let's well, let's let's put that out there. You may as well let life shit, over, shit all over you with someone who at least thinks you're pretty. Isn't it going to be easier to have have someone else there, you know, to, to help you along, to, yeah. to build you up, you know? You're better on your own. Time. All right. I, was, I do understand where you're coming from. Though. I'm all oh. out for a co- college graduate who comes home from holidays. <laughs> so where they're going to go is they're going to go to the promised land. And I know mm. it's late. We can make it if we run, right? Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, this is perfect because, um, and I usually am asked this after the fact, like, well, do you do like, you know, statistics? And I don't officially do this, but roughly mm. about 60% of my guests say yes. And about 40% say no. So it is almost right. evenly split. Um, my wife is exactly where you are, uh, Nikki, where mm. she's like, hell no. He said I was mm. ugly. I don't want to get yes. in this. Uh, no. <laughs> That's right. And I'm a bit dubious that the promised land is a bit of yeah. a hoo-ha. Yeah. Um, though there are plenty of people that say, you know, exactly what you're saying, Adam, that he is saying that we're both of us are we're flawed broken. and, and broken yeah. and we can get there. Yeah. Now I will send you guys, I, I will post this in our chat message. Um, there is a Bex Goss was a, um, a guest. She's a podcaster and she mm. sent me, basically, she said, no, if you get in the car, he's going to kill you. I mean, oh. she, I mean <laughs> she said that she goes, like painting her as a vision, like a specter. This might be a fantasy, a memory of her. And then wow. she's like, and like, like the line, "Don't run back inside, darling. You know what I'm here for." She goes, "That sounds like a threat." So yeah. she wrote up this whole thing that basically says, "Man, if she gets the car, I think she's dead." And so <laughs> I, 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 and she goes, "I hope you don't." mind i'm like no i love this in fact now then i want to do a series of episodes where i just give you springsteen lyrics and you read into it <laughs> yeah. we have a discussion. that's amazing it's like it's like oh, a yeah. cave song uh wild roses that he did with carly minogue oh, yeah. it's, it's it was this big song it's actually on like sing star a, a, P- a ps2 video game as a song yeah. you can sing and then if you sing it and you listen to the lyrics, it's like it's a, it's about it's literally about a murderer who murders someone because they're yeah. too beautiful. Mm. But it, it sounds like this beautiful song is, is one of Nick Cave's most commercially successful well, songs because he was doing doing it with uh, with uh, Carly Minogue, you know. Yeah. Well, you go back to the great Bobby Darren Mac the Knife, right? Oh, oh, the yeah. shark bites, you know, I mean, it's yes. about this murder. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's killing people all over the place. Yes. But it's such but a, it's but, poppy little. But because of, of the my favorite, songs. Go ahead. One of my favorite things to tell people about the Beatles is, uh, oh, you know, um, Maxwell Silver Hammer. You should listen to Maxwell oh, yeah. Silver Hammer because it is about a dude who takes a hammer and murders people. Yeah. But it's yes. something this poppy like, bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer. <laughs> 
absolutely. Like this some, is great. My funny Valentine. Yeah. Yes. And, and he says, you know, your figure's less than Greek, your mouth's a little weak, and when you open it to speak, you're not that yeah. smart. Yes. <laughs> Do not sing this to me. All right, guys. But yeah, it, it's an interesting song, and I, I really yeah. liked yeah. reading that lyrics and then thinking. What what should she do? But mm. your you know your friend thought he was gonna kill her. Yeah. I thought he was probably gonna molest her. Well, it okay. reminds me one of the first episodes we did on the podcast was a Christmas Carol, yeah. and so you know, and we had that same split down the middle. I I thought it was this beautiful romantic love story. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Smith's doctor helps you know uh, Sardak Sar- Sar- or whatever his name was. Yeah. The girl he loves. Meet the girl that he loves. They fall in love and all that sort of thing. Meanwhile, Nakia's like, no, this is creepy and weird. Like his father has captured this woman and like. He lets her out once a year. year. Yeah, exactly. We had that that split down the middle of like some people think, you know, Christmas Carol is one of the best Doctor Who episodes, one of the best Christmas specials. And then other people look at it again and go, oh, actually, this is really creepy. Yes. Oh, very fair. Very fair. All right. If someone wants to reach you first, tell us how they can find the podcast. And are you guys on any social media? Yes, uh, if you want to capture us anywhere, we're at D4WH, D, the number 4WH, it stands for Doctor Who, What, When, Where, How, Uh, but D4WH on uh, places like uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Facebook, Twitter. We have an Instagram, but, you know, we're not teenagers, so we we aren't on there very often. Uh, That's that's all the different places you can catch that. Um, D4WH is part of the Nerd Infinite. Uh, so there's a website for that, and also we're on Facebook. Uh, I uh, do uh, improvised comedy here in Brisbane with a group called Big Fork Theatre. Um, if you look for them on YouTube, you will find uh, some shows that we did during lockdown last year. Uh, if you want to check out some of our, our comedy, we're also on Facebook, and uh, Big Fork is about to open the, uh, their own theatre here in Brisbane. Uh, so we're going to do a, a lot more performances. Uh, and I also perform with a musical improv group where basically we make up uh, songs on the spot based on audience suggestions. Uh, and we're called Ho-Hum Musical Improv uh, on Facebook. You know, way back okay. in the day. Mine's, before, I'm not that excited. No, I want to <laughs> hear you, but I want to go back. And this is way before your time. But the Mac mm-hmm. Davis, who just recently passed, did a, a variety show during the summer and that's what he would do he would go out in the audience with his guitar and he would have people give him different phrases and he would write a song right then and there so yeah i always love that wow that's awesome all right nick how about yourself uh well i've got nikia ship comedy which is a facebook page uh and also under the nerd infinite i do uh, another podcast called neighborhood watching with beck and nick and uh we are on Twitter and Facebook uh, and Instagram uh, under NWWBAN podcast. Uh, and also we release weekly on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes and, and everybody else. It's a little short little 20-minute one that I do with another female comedian. And that's neighbourhood spelled. Uh, oh, neighbourhood with English an way. O-U-R, the Australian way. Very nice. Well, I am so happy both of you took time uh, out of your day. I appreciate it. No, this is great. Listeners, um, please go to the links. I'll include them in the show notes. Um, Continue. Go get vaccinated. 
please. Let's, yes. let's remember to wear your mask. Remember to social distance. Remember to wash your hands. And let's all be good to each other because really that's the only way we're going to get through this. For now, thank you. Absolutely. Stay safe. And we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash... And right now, who does? You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking. Hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.